okay, at, at Paris Nice, the first like two or three nights of Paris Nice, I had to sleep on a fold out couch no that was like, really? no, I, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't the only one. Other people had to do it too, but that's what you don't want to see. G'day Legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Zwift. Legends, I'm sitting here watching the glorious images of the Giro d'Italia. This is the Tuesday night stage. I'm just sitting here getting it done, editing this podcast. And wow, it's the third week. And this is the big mountain stage, so this is looking pretty good. Brakes just chopping off right now. Ben Healy looking pretty good in there. And um, yeah, super exciting, very relaxing. But hey, Legends, this is episode 69. Amazing. Today's guest, one of our favourites, Kel O'Brien, a pod favourite, TPR favourite, um, fan of the pod, just a legend all round, big Kel O'Brien, absolute champion, and we chat about a whole host of things today, um, we're well overdue, um, a bit of a catch up from last year's episode, and um, yeah, I think you guys will really enjoy this episode because Kel and I discuss his classics season this year and his development from last year. Uh, we know he had a really positive year last year in the classic season and had a couple of uh, proper results that really showed that he's got what it takes to be a leader um, once he develops a bit more at Jaco Lula. And we talk about how he stepped up another gear this year in his ability. And even though maybe didn't get the luck he needed um, and that you always need in, in the classic season with Roubaix and Flanders in particular, with crashes and one mechanical, um, it was clear if you're watching him during the races and um, you're just sort of following along, it was clear he stepped up another gear. And it was really cool to hear what Kel thought of um, like how he kind of reviewed his own results and his own classic season despite some bad luck. Um, really, really cool when it gives you an idea of the athlete mindset and just how dialed they are um, with their goal-setting process at Jayco Alula. Super cool. Um, I think you guys will like that take. We also talk about Tour of Swiss. That's coming up, and Kel has got some big goals uh, personally in that race, which would be really sweet. So make sure you tune into that. I'm sure it'll be on GCN. We chat about that, what he's sort of looking for there. Um, and we also chat about, um, I think we chat about some of his teammates, Grunewagen, sort of what he's like as a, as a teammate, as a person. And the end part I think you guys will love the most, it's the Q&A. It's just the Q&A, it's beautiful. Um, really cool insight into what Kel's like, some of the things he likes, dislikes, um, a couple of random things in there, a couple of moon landing questions for you moon landing enthusiasts. Um, I have my theory, which I share, and I'm sure everyone will agree because it makes most sense. But I reckon you guys will be laughing um, at this point um, in the pod. But all right, legends, before we get stuck in this episode, big shout out to Zwift. We know Zwift is the title sponsor of the Pressure Podcast. I love Zwift. I love the little dolphin parade uh, city crits you can do in the mornings. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think they're on like every... Uh, maybe twice an hour from 5am to 8am. So like it's that perfect time zone if it's raining outside, especially in Australia here now we've got winter happening. Um, if it's raining outside, you just get on the ergo, little 15-minute warm-up, then you blow your absolute you know, ears off trying to hang on in a crit for 25 minutes. Um, solid little workout, little cool down, 45 minutes to an hour and you're done. It's just perfect. And that's why I think Zwift's so good is because you can just get on and do that or you can get on and do a little spin um, chase a, a route badge or, or, or catch up with your mates on there as well, talking a bit of Chang on the chat. But, um, yeah. All right, legends. Time to get stuck in the episode. This is Kello Brian, superstar from J. Lula, and just all-round legend. Hope you enjoy. I'll 
Hey, mate. How are you? What's going on? Oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. No, that's all right. Don't worry. Sorry about that. It's, it's okay. I'm just editing this video for um, the gravel race we had on the weekend. Uh, uh, seven? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just putting the last pieces together. And it's, yeah, uh, sweet. Yeah, it's coming a good. We had, uh, for the whole race, I got to sit on, um, we had this ATV, like, Gator, thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of a gator. Yeah, I saw it on um on your story. It looked oh, insane. Mate. It looks so cool. Fuck, mate. It was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Right. Yeah, that's was, awesome. Yeah, it was the sad thing is after like 90k, it got a puncher. And the gator like, did. Yeah. It was brand oh no. <laughs> so luckily, I actually I don't know how long we we're driving with it, but I mean, we stopped at a feed zone just to sort of wait for a couple of people to come past. And then I looked at the tyres and was like, oh, fuck, that's a fucking, we got a flat. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, cool. what, what have you been doing today? Um, I just did two hours on the TT bike. Um, yeah, with uh, with a mate here in Toronto. Um, and, yeah, I got back from Andorra like late yesterday and then, I've just been a bit all over the shop trying to get stuff ready. I leave for um, another race, two races on the weekend, actually, two one-day races. So I leave cool. tomorrow. So I've been all over the shop, really. Okay. If I had known that, I would have chosen another day, mate. No, 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 not at all. No, honestly, it was fine until I, uh, yeah, went to roll out on the TT bike and then had my rear rear wheel was punctured and then, Ugh. yeah, it was fine. It was fine yeah. in the end, but yeah, I just ended up <laughs> running a little bit late. That's fine now. That's cool. Okay, how's yeah. it going on the TT rig? Yeah, good actually. Yeah, um, I've got Tour of Swiss coming up in like a few weeks, oh. so I'm um, just getting in as much time on the TT bike as possible at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Swiss, eh? That's nine stages, isn't it? It's eight, I think. Yeah. And 11. there's two, no, two TTs? There's two TTs, yeah. Yeah, there's a, like a 12K prologue and then like a 25K pretty solid TT on the eighth day. So, Oh, mate, the prologue yeah, definitely a bit of you. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, uh, hopefully, yeah, ho- hoping to do well there. Yeah. yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah, it'll be sweet. Okay. I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Do you, if with when you have a race like that, um, that maybe has a feature or stage or something that maybe, um, you know, you're going to have a at least you've got a chance to have a go at, like it just must be a bit more, I don't know, a bit more exciting, yeah, for sure. And especially like I put, I personally requested Tour of Swiss as well, like I wasn't originally doing it, and then I asked if I could do it, so um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Plus, like, there's some stages in there that I like. I think like this fifth or sixth stage is like 210k, four and a half thousand meters of climbing, and like oh, 75k of it is above 1500 meters elevation. So it's a <laughs> solid day. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Four and a half yeah. thousand meters. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Wow. And 200 plus k's. What do you think is the, yeah. the lowest elevation you've ever done in a race? That's got to be it, right? Oh. Uh, yeah, it's got to be up there, like four, 
four and a half, I reckon, is pretty pretty up there. I reckon maybe there's one stage of the Vuelta that was like, I remember it was a lot. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I remember it being like pretty full on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Can you hear that knocking? Is that really annoying? No. What? No, no. You're right. Oh, that's right. Hang on. Um, they're like doing renovations in uh, right. next door. Mate, it looks yeah. like your head is about to touch the ceiling. It is. The angle, like, of, the computer. The, the <laughs> angle of the... The angle of the roof is like kind of, um, what's it called? Yeah, kind of on like on like a. Yeah, I see. It. I can <laughs> see it, mate. Those European Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm just gonna... So, you said you're in Andorra just before. But you're coming yeah. from Hungary. Did you? What's in Andorra? Have you got like another place that you stay at for a few days, or what's that? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, I actually only have just moved into this place in Girona. I don't have a place in Girona. Oh, true. Um, yeah. So I um, I live in Andorra for. Oh well, we might be yeah. doing this. No, that's working. Wait. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. That's all right. Yeah. So you what? So you you, you live in, you don't live in Jerome anymore. You live in Andorra full time. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much have done for most most of my time in Europe. But um, yeah. Now uh, I've had a mate. Yeah, looking for a place in Girona and he's a super nice guy. And I was kind of like looking to try and move in to somewhere. Okay. And yeah. Sick, winning. Okay. Um, have you been able to uh, – oh, that's right. Yeah, how was Hungary, mate? Yeah, Hungary was sweet. Hungary was really sweet. Um, I wasn't really expecting much because I just had like a couple weeks off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a really nice race. We got pretty lucky with the weather in the end because it was like forecasted to be raining quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was actually awesome. I actually, yeah, did some good lead outs. I was climbing pretty well, mm. which is nice. Um, yeah, I was up there on the Queen stage actually, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I saw some of that online. Um, you guys nailed that lead out for, for old Dylan, eh, at the start. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was messy, but we yeah. obviously, he, he got the job done. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we love that. What's, what's Dylan like, Kel? Oh, he's he's awesome. Yeah, he he's seems um, like a, a confident sort of like he's got a bit of bravado about him. Like is he, you know, just like uh, most sprinters are like that, or is he quite quiet? Yeah, no, he's really quiet. He's really mm. quiet, but he um, I feel like he's warming up to the team a little bit too because he actually didn't speak English before he came to our team. So oh, like he signed with our team really late in 2021, yeah. and then he just like was just grinding away all summer to like um yeah learn english and then yeah his english is like really good now but no he's pretty quiet but yeah he obviously is you got to be confident if you're going to be you know top top level world to a sprinter yeah you you very rarely hear about anyone learning english you know it's like what is the other way around i just yeah 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 yeah. um, yeah, for sure. Oh, I imagine it's really difficult, especially like later in life too. If you like, you know, 
almost in your 30s and you're like try and pick up english you've never spoken it before i can't imagine it was easy for him to figure it out but yeah no it's definitely i think that's they've done like studies on that it's way easier for like children to learn or learn as a child as a because the pathways are already growing versus once you're an adult you know yeah exactly yeah it's like learning an instrument and stuff like it's so easy when you're a kid yeah have you been um paying attention to the Giro at all have you caught any of that no, actually, like, uh, obviously the classics, the spring was um, pretty intense and, like, I approached it, like, really, like, I was burning mental matches left, right mm-hmm. and centre, um, which was awesome. Like, I lo- absolutely loved it. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Canada on the track, like, the week after yeah. Roubaix. Yeah. And by the time I got to there, I was just, like, ready for a bit of a rest. So, like... I reckon for the first time in my life, I actually have just like really switched off for like a couple of weeks until I got to Hungary. And then when I got to Hungary, I, um, yeah, I've started paying more attention to the Giro since then. Like, obviously, like that crazy stage, stage 10 or nine, yeah. that was unbelievable. Eh? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I felt yeah. for the riders at the start, eh? <laughs> some yeah. were keen to race it, but some <laughs> yeah. were not. Oh, you've got to be like, you, I reckon you're better off just being like real keen on it. Like, yeah. you just got to like embrace it at that point in time, I reckon. I'm, I'm trying to guess, like, when you see the riders at the start and they're you're obviously packed full of like gear, you got, how many layers are you actually wearing on a day like that? Would you just have like four jerseys? Four bloody well, like, or say like Gent Webblegum this year was freezing and it was wet. It just rained start to finish. That's probably the most layers I've ever raced in, I reckon. But it's really hard because if you have too much on, it can be really hard to like breathe oh, and like yeah. move, and it's really hard to get food out your pockets and all that sort of jazz. So um, normally on a day like that, I would have gone like thermal undershirt probably long sleeve jersey and then a rain jacket. I would have started with that. Mm. Yeah. I would have started with that. Yeah. But it did look filthy cold. Like everyone was just stopping and putting jackets on and changing jackets and wow. yeah. Uh, there's no good way of going about it. There's really like yeah. nothing you can do. <laughs> there's nothing you can do at that point. No, no, I thought for a poor old Jay, he looked like he had a, oh. a bad day on the bike too. Oh, yeah, no, he had a shocker of a day. I felt yeah. so bad for him. Yeah. Because um, you just know men- mentally, the, like like the mental place he would have had to go to for like three or four hours on that stage would have been dark. Like, yeah, still 200K, eh? Like he would go. Oh, no. You pull oh. the earpiece out, the, the director is probably <laughs> yelling at you, going, Fuck, get out of my ears. Eh? Yeah. Take the earpiece out, take the oh. earpiece out. You just got to well, clock on at that point. Yeah, just turn it over. I, I really like yeah. how, um, I like the approach you took before Hungary, just taking the, and after Milton, like taking the, the time off. Like, I wondered, like, what are you doing during that time? Are you just like literally? Chilling out, um, doing some activities. Like, what were you doing? Yeah, well, I was I was injured actually from my crash in oh, Roubaix. Yeah. So I spent a bit of I just spent all a whole week in Girona, um, and I was just seeing the physio pretty much every day. Um, 
So like that's not switching off. But apart from that, yeah, it's just like, uh, it's just hanging out. Um, yeah, catching up with friends that I haven't seen for the whole classics period, basically. Um, just eating good food and yeah. just, yeah, really just like sitting in the sun, just hanging out for the week. And then I went back home to Andorra for, yeah, a week. So that was completely off the bike, just yeah. trying to fix fix my injury, recover. Just didn't really think about bikes at all. And then um, I went to Andorra back home finally and then, yeah, spent a good week or 10 days up there, um, started training again, getting back into a good rhythm, but still not like not thinking about bikes and not constantly like looking at pro cycling stats and all this sort of stuff. I was just sort of like doing my training you know, eating all the right food and everything. Um, but then when I wasn't on the bike, I was just sort of like, you know, maybe I'd go for a walk or like go to a lookout or just hang out, watch a movie or something. Just try and switch that side of my brain off for a couple of weeks. It was, yeah, it actually really did me some good because by the time I got to Hungary, I was just really like in the right headspace to be nice. working again, you know, like like really switched switched on and ready to race again, which is awesome. Yeah, feels like the first, like, you know, those first three years for anyone in, in the world tour, even just, you know, pro tour, once they become professional, those first three years, I doubt many riders would have moments like that because they feel like, you know, you got to just be on it yeah. all the time, you know, live and breathe it. And then maybe when you get a bit more yeah. experience, but maybe because you've had like, you know, you've done a lot on the track already. So, you know, that's at a pretty, you know, been at that level already. So maybe a bit further along than um yeah i think last year i learned i learned a lot about like when it was time to yeah. like give yourself that time and like yeah now i reckon i'm learning how to do it while still training you know what mm-hmm. i mean like so i can still switch on from the time that i need to train and all that sort of stuff but then outside of that like being able to switch on and off in one day rather than being like, okay, this is off season. You can switch off here. And then for the other 11 months of the year, you have to be like full gas. Yeah. 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 Now I'm sort of figuring out, all right, how do I like give myself mental rest, you know, even though I am still training. So yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a juggling act, but I think it's, I think I'm taking steps in the right direction there. Yeah. 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 Sweet. You've been catching yeah. up on the pies, mate. I didn't know you were a the pies. pies. I am. I almost wore my, I almost wore my Guernsey. I was going to wear you it. But, uh, <laughs> you should, mate. I, I don't it's hanging up. as much anymore, mate, but I used to be a bloody diehard Collingwood supporter. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, man. Like Probably man. up until like uh, maybe the season after we won uh, or when we had that drawn premiership. With St. With St. Kilda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The year after that. Like two, 211 or two, yeah, 211, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. The last sort of years of Swanee and stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been paying attention now a little bit more because I quite like some oh. of the players they got and they're fucking popping off, eh? Oh, mate. What a year for the Pies, honestly. Oh. I swear to you, I'm going to have to book a flight home in September, I reckon. <laughs> I'm going to have to. <laughs> and but all yeah. the games have been so good as well because they've been close they have been they have been. They have. out of a hole too just so uncharacteristically like Collingwood just don't have never been a come from behind team they're mm. never they're mm. always like first quarter they come out they're winning by like 40 points and then they just crumble so it's been like it's been pretty refreshing to see like 
yeah, a, like a Collingwood side that like really gets around mm. like a late comeback. And they just, yeah, it's been good. It's been a good season so far. I paid like the AFL watch, like Fox Sports. It's like 170 euros or something for the year. Wow. So like, yeah, it's not cheap, but like I've already like, yeah, I've, yeah, I know. I've, <laughs> I've watched like. Every round this year, so it's been worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But highs are going good. Highs are going real good. Um, Once I have you ever worn anything a bit outrageous to a game, like if you went watch one at the G or something? No, not outrageous. Just my just my jersey over a hoodie or something. Normally, pretty standard, Uh, mate. Yeah. Stock yeah. standard, <laughs> mate. I wore a full one. I wore a one-piece onesie, uh, Collingwood onesie. At a, at really? A, yeah, and it was cooked until it was like thirty-five degrees, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we lost. Oh, fuck. oh no! People were getting oh, photos. No. All these bloody Eagle supporters were getting photos with me. I was wearing the onesie. Was this oh. over in Perth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody Eagles, mate. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ah, yeah. well, actually, yeah. it reminds me. I don't know if you got Amazon Prime, but um, anyone, it's worth getting the free trial just for this alone. If you're listening, but you got to watch that um, Air movie. It's got Matt Damon in it, and it's it's about how Nike, um, basically, oh, I heard about this. Yeah, about how they they basically won the Jordan Michael Jordan signature off Converse and um, Adidas when they were like mm-hmm. kings of basketball. I watched it yesterday. Yeah. Mate, it's yeah, it's a good, good good watch. Yeah, maybe I'll watch it on the plane tomorrow on the way to the race. Definitely, mate. It's um yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And just those sporting like history moves are, are elite, you know. Um, Pretty awesome, eh? Yeah. 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 It's um, cool. And then give like insight to like that sort of side of the story that you don't really know. Yeah, yeah, or well, just like that yeah. Jordan documentary. Um, yeah, that how good was that? Oh, right, that was good. Yeah, no, that, nothing's topped that for me yet. Um, since yeah, new documentary that was, you know, like you said, it's this, peels back the layers of like these crazy. You just want to be a yeah. fly on the wall on that whole era. Eh? Yeah, but it's awesome. Like that came out during COVID too, eh? And now like <laughs> leaking it to us like. <laughs> An episode a week kind of situation. Oh, it was tough. Re- like, oh, it weeks. was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it was good though. Um, I was speaking to Kit. That's one thing we were talking about the cold weather kit. And I was um I was chatting with someone about it yesterday when we we're watching uh Demarkey in, in one of the breaks. And yeah, he's got yeah. The full, and actually you rocked it as well in the classics, mate. The full blue bibs jersey. That is yeah. by far the best looking ensemble kit. I think the full blue, I reckon it looks so good. The Smurf kit. Yeah. yeah uh, I yeah, I struggle a bit with the blue uh yeah, it's too Gabba. Much. The Gabba that we have. No, no, no. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's it does look good uh, in certain settings for sure. And Demarkey obviously looks he looks good in it. But I don't, on me, I just I feel like it doesn't look right. I need like the the white. Okay. Yeah, but no, Tamaki pulls it off. He looks good. Yeah, mate. I actually, yeah. um, your your classic season was interesting because I felt like by the time we got to Flanders and Roubaix, you were riding really, really well, and 
it must have been um I mean, I was sitting on this couch behind me, we were watching Roubaix, and then we saw that you caught caught up in that crash, mate. And I'd made this yeah. little, for my friends, I made this uh this chocolate Arenberg Roubaix. I spent like two hours making it, mate. And I almost <laughs> I almost frisbeed it at the wall when I saw you. No. I was like, come on, come on, get up there. Oh and that must have been oh, shit. tough, dude. But yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good classics and um, like I didn't quite get any, like a result that I was after, but um, yeah, I mean, I, like there's a few like process-based goals that like I really needed to tick off for myself and to sort of show the team, you know, um, as well. And I feel like I accomplished those, um, which is really nice and, yeah, I mean, like like I said, I approached the classics with a lot of intent. Like I pretty much waited a full year just yeah. waiting for these races to come back again. Um, and, yeah, I managed to to have a good classics and, and perform reasonably well. I mean, yeah, I crashed in the massive, I crashed in the massive crash in Flanders. Um, and, yeah, the, I chased back from there. I got back into the race and then – my chain came off at like the worst moment, like just the worst time to have your chain come off. And then I chased for like an hour after that with basically just Magnus Sheffield and me chopping off for like, Whoa. I don't know, what what felt like a long time. <laughs> um, but we made it back into the race actually. And then I yeah, was like, I was in the race like with Bling at the bottom of Koppenberg, but then like, all these people unclipped on Koppenberg and then I was just running up Koppenberg with the bike on the shoulder. So it was a bit, that was kind of my day done at that point. Um, But I had a really good day and I was like, for me, like at the end of last year, that was my goal was like in, in, like in, uh, in my like planning, I wanted to be in the best, my best possible physical condition for Roubaix, for Tour of Flanders. Yeah. And I feel like I built through the classics to that yeah. point. Like I was really like at my best. Dwar's door, I was at in really like I was moving really well that day. And then yeah, I was really ready to go by by Flanders. So that's great. And yeah, I can take a bit of like confidence out of that, I guess. But you're always just gonna be like wanting more, I think, you know, like mm. Yeah, you're always wanting more. But then yeah, obviously the the crash in Roubaix, like as soon as I crashed, I was like I'm not coming back from this one. Like this, it, yeah. yeah, it really hurt. So, mm. yeah, a bit yeah. unfortunate, but unfortunate. But yeah, you know, I reckon. And I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say, from my viewing and just following you along, how you said you you, you still ticked off. Well, you ticked off all those sort of process goals, like you said, and you came into the those big races, fucking pinging. It seemed like, mm. it, like that's still a win. Um, for next year as well, like, and that's something the team could see because you know those key moments further into the races as you led into those, um, you know, Flanders and Roubaix, you were like you were in those positions, and um, even though the result doesn't reflect it, like you know, because you were feeling it, um, it seemed mm. like you went up another, like another level from last year, um, which is kind of funny because you know last year you had that really good um, result at Skelda and some of the others, but it still seems like you went up another gear this year, which is, mate, must feel bloody good when you, when you know you're rolling well. Oh yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's, um, 
it's good because that's sort of like last year I was in good physical condition and um, I managed to get into a, into a good breakaway and be able to show my capability there. Yeah. But then the goal or like what I needed to show was like, okay, yes, maybe I have the motor to be able to do this, but I need to now be able to show that I can race it from the peloton and race the final sort of thing, you know, like I need to be able to show that I can be in position at the moment when you need to be, Mm. Um, which I felt like I did on a, you know, a few occasions. And um, yeah, like I said, that's kind of like the, the consolation prize to not getting a result for the classics is like, okay, well, you know, when you sit down and you plan your goals for the classics, that kind of was my goal in the end. Like, of course you want to win. I want to win a race for sure. But um yeah, no, it was a, in the end, it was a quite a successful, yeah. successful period. Managed to stay through, stay healthy and relatively injury free. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it was a good, good little spring actually. My my old man actually came over. Yeah, and, um, was it his partner? Was yeah, he, he did. Bottles? Um, yeah, dad, dad did bottles at. Um, I think I saw a picture of it. Yeah, at Duarte Flandern, actually, I got a <laughs> I got a bottle off him, yes, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome to have him and um, Dad's partner and my little sister over there for. They stood on Quaremont for the entirety of Flanders the whole oh. day, like nine a.m. all the way through to like eight thirty p.m. They were just like on Quaremont all day. They must have had a good spot. They started up. Oh, early. they were loving. That was a little <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It was a good little spring. How did the um how, how do you reckon you've had half a year on it now? Like how's the I mean the new propel um I mm. say looks it looks amazing. A few of my mates have got one after waiting like 10 years for it. And um <laughs> <laughs> like proper ages, eh? But yeah, it looks yeah. actually my mate waited ages for it. Toby, shout out Toby, legend. And, um, and then he binned it on the first race in Northbridge. In no. Did he crit? Yeah, but luckily, I think it's fixed now, but, you know, first ride. Oh. Oh, fresh bike. No. But anyway, no. is it, um, <laughs> is it, does it feel, does it feel better than last year's? I mean, last year's was good too. Yeah, I mean, I um, last year I raced the TCR oh. until I got to the, till I got to the Vuelta. We didn't have the Propel at all last year. Um, and that the new Propel came out tour time and only the tour team had them. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, when I went to the Vuelta, they had one for me at the Vuelta. And like the moment I got on it, I was like, holy shit, like oh, this yeah. is such a bike. Yes. Um, so yeah. And then I took that home for the summer, raced that, rode it, trained it all summer long in Oz. And then, I, I changed frame sizes this year. I went upper frame size, but that's still the same bike, just upper frame size. And um, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's one of the, my favorite bikes I've ever ridden, I reckon, yeah. the Propel. Yeah. It's, I absolutely love it, especially now. We have the 50, last year we had like 65 mil Kdex wheels or 42 mil Kdex wheels, whereas this year we have 50 mil tubeless as an option and they're just so good the bikes just i uh, absolutely love it yeah when you've got a good tubeless setup 
Oh, I love it. Amazing. It, the, it feels amazing. Especially yeah. on the cobbles. Like you can, yeah, the tubeless setup on the cobbles is just like unrivaled. It just feels so good. Yeah. Like when I put the tubs back on and try and ride the cobbles, I'm like, oh, like how did I used to do this? Yeah, so rough. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I, yeah. I love it. The paint job's good too. Paint job's mint. I wouldn't even buy it. Yeah. Paint job. I'd literally just buy it if I had that money. I'd just go, <laughs> I want that, you know, because <laughs> it actually looks Give me so the Jayco good. kid. Yeah. yeah, and the full blue bibs and everything. Full I'd go blue kid. Booties. <laughs> I want full Lee Turner, eh? <laughs> Lee Turner would be just yeah. creaming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it is. It's... Um, I got some questions, right? Yeah. Far yeah. away. Um, I start normal, and then there's a couple of weird ones in here. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends. The answer is weird. Okay, watch. Uh, Kel. This is a so this is one everyone everyone can learn a bit more about Kel. Um, yeah. They are renovating, aren't they? That's a, people can hear that. That's they're renovating. Kel's bathroom is oh, right. the marble. Here? No, no. Is no. it real loud? No, it's not. It's not. Oh. Um, it's the marble installation. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's your favorite beer if you're a beer man? Uh VB. Oh, he's got the hat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, that. that actually okay. started as a that started as a bit of a joke, um, to be honest, when I was younger. And then now I actually really love it. But if I'm my favorite Australian beer is VB. My favorite Belgian beer is West Muller, the double. Oh. Um, and my favorite rest of the world beer is Alhambra in Spain. Mm, okay. That's kind of my three favorites. favorites. Three favorites. Yeah. All right. VB is actually pretty good, especially out of those little, oh. little stubbies, ice cold. Hot. Hot day, ice cold. Oh, have you ever had emu export? No, oh, well, that's kind of like the WA version of, of VB. And yeah, uh, we used to, when I used to play cricket, we used to be played for the Edgewater emus, and our colors oh, yeah. were, were based on this can. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we just have it at the, at the club all the time. And whenever we got a wicket, mate, this is what we do you bowl someone, you catch someone, whatever, you'd steam down the pitch and do the emu and you just <laughs> your arm. <laughs> it's because I, I saw, um, I, I found it once at the Rugby World Cup and Israel Dar, hmm. Kiwis, scored a try against Fiji or something and he got up and he did this thing. Like, he did, I don't know what that means, but I was like, oh, he's doing the emu. And so doing the emu. every time we got a wicket, um, yeah, anyway. Digress. I love that. Um, <laughs> go the Amos. Um, okay, what's your favourite meal to have if you were at a pub in Australia? What are you ordering? Oh, chicken parma or parmi. That's gonna cause that's gonna cause a ruckus in the comments. Mate, I reckon. But <laughs> a chicken parmigiana, yo, hundred <laughs> percent. This podcast's been reported already for language abuse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, I don't know what it is. Though. I think it's just palmy sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Melbourne and they say Palmer oh. in Melbourne. But then when I moved to Adelaide, they say Palmy. 
So okay. I just never know what to say. All right, and well. there's such a, and I just so don't, I honestly don't care, but it's, it causes such an online debate that it's just a Parmesan, all right? Yeah, that's right. It's a Parmesan. Yeah. Say it. Say it. But with um, big chips too, like big, oh, big chips. I want like big, long, the rusty chips. Oh, yeah. Oh. Rustic chips. I could really go for one of those. Yeah, same actually. Yeah. I'm um okay what about this what's your guilty pleasure for music so you might have something that you listen to that you wouldn't tell many people about except you just get a broad um my guilty pleasure for music i have a very broad taste in music to be fair um my guilty pleasure i like a bit of taylor swift every now and again yes yeah um i don't know if that's even bad nah no, ah, uh, that's so hard to answer. Um, or maybe just a one, just something that you like. Guilty pleasure. Okay, my no, Mike. This probably doesn't even need to be a guilty pleasure, but it um, it's like if I'm out doing like proper ball biter efforts, <laughs> or if I'm like on the ergo trying to do some sort of like disgusting oh, session. Shit. Yeah. I listen to like Teddy Cream bootlegs from Cloud Nine. Like, I don't even know what that is. Teddy Cream's is de- is a DJ, but oh yeah, it's like a Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine is a club in in Melbourne, and oh. then like he'll do. There's just it's it's honestly the most trash music, but it gets me through my efforts. So, all right, what? How do you <laughs> Teddy Cream? All right, fan. I'm gonna play. Some. Yeah, but like Teddy, like. Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Oh, a bootleg. Oh, bootleg. Okay. No, it's like <laughs> okay. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, I'm not sure I should have admitted that online. To be fair, but anyway. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so bad from me. That's a oh, leap. There oh, you go. Maybe back it happens. to the nightclubs. Wow, it happens. That's good. No, but it just reminds me of like when I was in the track program, like with Wellsford and Porter and stuff like that, we would like (laughs) always play this sort of stuff music, like in the gym or like at a track session. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Um, All right. If I hand you a million dollars right now, I just sort of get it, dig it out of the wallet. Um, Mm. What do you, what's the first thing you're going to buy? One million dollars, Australian money. First thing I'm going to buy. Mm. Um, like right now? Like yeah, right like this second? Right now. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like a Zinger Burger from KFC. Oh, right okay. Now. Yeah, true. <laughs> Pay cash. That's what I feel like right now. But if, if you are looking for something more extravagant, maybe like an, an Audi RS6 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like I reckon. the burger answer was good. You can sort of have that. I'm pretty answer. I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um I'm seeing a burger. Okay. What's the worst thing that if you open you go into a race hotel, what if you open that door, what's the thing you just don't want to see that you have before? Um 
like you open the door and you hit the bed or <laughs> that's your room. Okay. At, at Paris, the first like two or three nights of Paris, I just sleep on a fold out couch no that was like, really? no, I 100%. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't the only one. Other people had to do it too, but that's what you don't want to see. You, it was like a queen bed and then like a couch that like folded out. And it was one of those like, metal bars and like springs in your back kind of scenario yeah 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 yeah. oh man okay Jeez. yeah that's what you don't want to see don't want to see that okay what about no. this dude this is my i ask all my friends this question or if i haven't met someone before i often start with, mm. and it is which do you believe in less and i can already hear my friends laughing which <laughs> do you believe in less that the earth is flat or that the moon landing actually happened. Oh, I wait. Are you... So basically, you either believe. I, I reckon. I reckon it would be more likely that people haven't gone to the moon. Mm. Then the Earth is I flat. Reckon. Okay. More likely. Yeah. More likely. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I reckon. I don't know. They're both kind of like they're both kind of <laughs> extravagant, but you know yeah. what I think. This is my theory, right? And I don't spend a lot of yeah. time. Everyone listening is about to boycott this podcast, but I don't hit, spend a lot of time. Hit me with it. But I think I think the moon landing happened, but I think it was like the 1960s. They can't film up there. There's no way they did it properly, and I reckon mm. they they filmed it in a studio in case it didn't work yeah. on the moon, which obviously. The 1960s, you know, we can't even stream. Sometimes the streams on the Jiro stage are bad. So, let alone yeah, them. you're right. So, I reckon they just produced it and go, look, if it fucks up, we'll cut to the, the actors and the flag yeah. um, blowing in the wind up there, which is obviously interesting. Yeah. I've never really thought about it like that, but that's kind of, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Because they went there for sure. I can see the flag from my house, but I just think they. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. All right. I like that. Um, flat Earth, that's gold. Um, I, said, I said it in a Zwift chat once in before a race. I said, good yeah. luck, everyone, in the little chat thing. I said, good luck. Yeah. I said, don't forget, the Earth is flat. And then this guy <laughs> straight away with, yeah, that's right, birds aren't real. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, the birds are fake. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Okay, what's the um? What's your favorite thing to do that involves no bicycle? Play guitar. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, oh, all right. My, what's your favorite? favorite. Song, what's your favorite song to play on the guitar or riff? My favorite song to play on guitar is probably um well, maybe. What genre? Some, something by the Beatles. That's oh. probably my favorite song to play on the guitar. Nice. It's like my go-to. That's the go-to. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that's all I had written down. Nice. Shit, yeah. They were good questions, actually. They yeah. really got my brain, like, yeah. they really activated my brain. I feel like I was, like, a bit mind-numb before because I just kind of, like... Woken up, gone for a ride. <laughs> they are like now you're thinking. That's my right. brain's on. Did yeah, they go? On. Is the earth, you know, the is the earth flat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I think I remember hearing about something 
I, I think a uni lecturer said to me once that how they know that it's not flat is that I think if you have two like columns sticking up from the ground and these exist somewhere, mm. two buildings, and you're like looking at them from a plane or something, the shadows are cast different sizes because mm. obviously, I don't know, it's something like that. Um, okay. I usually blame... I usually blame Earth's rotation when I'm playing golf. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> it is stinky. Like it's those damn yeah. rotations. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, um, mate, it's good to um, talk to you again. Since now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been really good. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. I, uh, yeah, sorry I was late again. Um, hey, that's fine. That's all right. You know. Yeah. Actually, what, what time is it in Perth? It is. Um, it's only eight thirty. So okay, nice. Pretty good. Sweet. I'm getting pretty good at the Both time zones now. Um, so yeah. it's like afternoons, pretty good. And then uh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. And then if I turn on, tune on to watch, maybe about an hour's time, they might, or maybe ninety minutes, they should be hitting that little berg in today's stage. Yeah, sweet. Watch a bit of that, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe Matthews could get up. I haven't actually seen what's going on, but if, mm. if your your lads controlled it, there's a chance for Matthews to win. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, like I said, I haven't really paid much attention to it myself, but never count that guy out. He's an absolute specimen. He is a specimen for sure. He's so he's just so good at it. He's so yeah. unbelievably talented at the sport. Such a legend. I bet you he'd be one of those guys that's just good at everything. You know, he just picks up a club or he picks it up. Yeah. Just a, those annoying people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we all yeah. know someone, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Well, um, good luck at the Tour of Swiss. And, um, yeah, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah good to see. Um, going well. Prologue. Nail it, mate. Just put some of that bloody... Mr. Cream on and uh, yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually probably will for the warm up before that yeah. prologue. To be honest, yeah. nah, awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, mate. It's good to see you. Good to see you doing yeah. well. And, yeah, um, yeah, we'll speak to you soon, eh? Legends, that is another episode of the Press Room Podcast done and dusted. Episode 69 completed. 70 next week. Amazing. Big thanks to Kel O'Brien, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Thanks to everyone that's left a rating and review recently. Um, Really cool to read them, and also cool to see the number on Spotify. Those little stars just go up and up. So, um, yeah, if someone hasn't listened to this podcast before, or maybe um, only a few episodes, you think they'll like this one? share it along and um especially actually share it along if they're a moon landing person um or maybe just a jaco a lula fan okay legends i'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening